Jocelyn here. And Pam. Welcome to the community where we know Jesus is our life. And we are here to spur each other on to love God and others right where we live. We are called to shine. It's time. Season one is here. Welcome everyone to Call to Shine. On this podcast, we'll introduce ourselves, give an overview of the season, and explain the meaning of Call to Shine. I am one of your hosts, Jesslyn Adams, an avid pickleballer, wife, and mom of two fun boys, here with my friend, Pam McCune. Jesslyn, it's so good to be here with you. I love being a co-host with you. So, Pam here, a recovering perfectionist, a wife, mom, and a grandmom. My grandma name is Bammy, and I have two precious grandlittles. I love it. Pam, I'm so glad that we get to be here together. Pam and I actually had the privilege of working together with Crew City with the NBS To Go team, Neighbor Bible Studies To Go. That's what it stands for. And we have a lot in common as we are both Texans and we both graduated from Texas Tech, although in different generations, no big deal. Now, Pam, Call to Shine is a new podcast, but it has actually been around for two years as an Instagram account spurring people on to love God and others where they live. And as you were a part of that launching, where did the name Call to Shine come from? When we considered hundreds of name options to kick off the Instagram account, we wanted it to be a safe place and a safe name for millennials and Gen Zs. And we landed on the name Called to Shine because it resonated with all the team from all generations. We love the motivation that it held out, that the heart of wanting to be a light to others came down to a calling. It was just as Paul challenged the Philippians to shine like stars in the universe, we love the powerful visual to shine and the heritage that came with it. Lights talked about in over 200 passages in the Bible. It begins early in Genesis, and it continues all through Revelation. In Genesis 1, we see the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And God said, let there be light. It was the first thing to let there be. And as we continue, we see in Psalms all kinds of encouragement about light. My favorite, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? And if you fast forward, you get to the book of John and we see a central theme of light in it that pinnacles, it hits that crescendo when Jesus does his second I am statement and says, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jocelyn, I love that visual of the light of life. It's such an encouragement to me of four words that I can't get over. What stands out to you when you hear that? You know, right now I'm getting this picture of me walking on a path in the dark and I have this flashlight that's leading me and guiding me through this darkness. And it inspires me to have faith and to keep taking that next step. And Pam, it also actually reminds me of one of my first ever camping trips as like a single adult out of college. I have to tell you about it. Went with a bunch of friends. We thought we're going to go camping. I've never been before. And so we went on this camping trip and the guys knew where they were going. Thank God we arrived at night, had no lay of the land, showed up. They told us where to pitch our tents. I'm looking for the restroom. And guess what? There really isn't one. We just have to go out and find a spot to go. And I'm thinking... I don't even know how far to go away with this flashlight so that we can be in private. And so my friend Tracy and I, we just started walking out there. And I'll tell you, you know, normally being outside doesn't scare me when it's pitch dark. I don't know what I'm about to walk on. Is it a snake? Is it a spider? 
And so that flashlight, it actually brought me comfort and peace as we trekked out to go to the restroom that night. So I get the reality that when you don't know the lay of the land, there could be anything under you. The one thing we don't want to be surprised by is extra guests when we're doing our own private business. So praise God for phone flashlights or anything else that brings light in the middle of the darkness. John talks about the darkness and light. He says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. I think you experience the darkness not overcoming you in those scary things. But (laughs) the aspect is really important about how darkness can be heavy. I even go back to thinking about the 10 plagues and how they built on each other. It is interesting that the 10th plague is the plague of death. And the one right before that is the plague of darkness over the entire land. Darkness truly can be heavy. I'm studying Genesis in the Bible study I'm involved in this semester, and so I'm getting to study all about light. Jerry, my husband, he's in Bible study fellowship, and they're studying John. We've been talking together about this light and this darkness. And so I asked him, I said, what does this mean to you? This verse, the darkness has not overcome it. He gave me this blurb. He said, light is truth revealed. Darkness is truth concealed. I love his little quip. Light is truth revealed. Darkness is truth concealed. It makes me think how light and darkness that are all through scripture are physical truths, maybe physical dynamics, but they're also metaphors for spiritual truths and spiritual dynamics as well. Pam, I like that. It does make me think of a metaphor that a mentor when I was in college shared with me. And she told me, Jesslyn, hey, you need to bring your struggles out into the light. And I'm like, what is she talking about? You know, just turning the lights. And she goes, look, when we struggle with sin, we tend to have guilt and shame as we're trying to hide that and keep it in the darkness. If no one else knows, then it's not a problem. But she encouraged me that once I confess that to God and to a friend out in the open, The enemy no longer had a foothold over me, and there was freedom and grace and forgiveness when that truth is revealed and brought into the light. That is powerful. As the season goes on, I hope we get to share what that looks like to have a safe friend to share those secrets with. I kind of laugh because one time in a, a prayer group, a friend of ours didn't know the beginning was silent confession. So when they <laughs> opened it and said, now we're going to confess our sins, she just opened up and confessed all her sin before the whole group. And Jerry, my husband, was leading the group. And so after she shared, he just said, and in God's name, we pray. Amen. <laughs> Truthfully, you and I look forward to this podcast being very authentic and real, not just here of you and I sharing together. But we really hope that an audience, y'all will engage with us too on the Instagram account. That's why we love them being in partnership, because we're hoping it is a conversation all the way around, not just Jesslyn and I talking, everyone getting to hear from each other and to truly be in community together. As we finish looking at the light verses and we look at the last one, it goes back to not only is Jesus the light, but in Matthew, Jesus hands the baton to us. And he says, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on the stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I'm blown away 
that not only is he the light, because he is the light, he's what shows us what path to take, but that he's actually passing the baton, not for us to be God, not for us to be Mm -hmm. Jesus or the Holy Spirit, but he's passing the baton for us to light the way to others, to take the light that's within us, to show the way to others as well. Jesslyn, what stands out to you in that passage? Man, I love that passage. What stands out to me is the fact that the lamp, the small little lamp, gives light to everyone in the house. And it's crazy to think about how one light, say the light that I have, can affect not only my life, but can impact so many others around me. It's a ripple effect. And like you said before, I think you told me the history behind this, that no one, especially at that time when this was written, would light a lamp and put it under a basket because it was such a precious commodity. So what are the motives here? They wanted to give light and life. Who would not want to share a precious resource like this? So I'll be honest, Jocelyn, sometimes it's tempting for me to try to make myself shiny so I look good on the outside. So other people actually want to notice me and get to know me to get to know the God inside me. But actually, that's not what we're talking about. We're talking Mm. about taking the light to the world so others will notice so that God is shining from the inside out in us. How do we do that, Jocelyn? Great question. Pam, as we're in relationship with Jesus, he gives us his Holy Spirit and his light. And as we walk with him, he shines from inside us out to others. We are to shine the light of Christ from our lives into their lives, not with an ulterior motive, but with the heart of inviting people into a meaningful relationship with us so that Jesus can invite them into a relationship with him. So this season, we are going to talk about walking with God and being a light that shines out his love. We'll look at two things that Jesus called us to, specifically loving God and loving our neighbor. And it might sound easy, but reality is that it's anything but easy. We look forward to sharing our failures of how it didn't quite work and our successes in loving God and loving others, as well as hearing yours. We want to encourage you to go find Called to Shine. It's called the underline to, T-O, Shine Instagram account and friend us and begin with us on this journey. And we're going to continue to talk much about neighbors. And you may wonder, who is my neighbor? Is this my literal next door neighbor that I see all the time or down the street? And our answer is yes. Plus, could be the person that you encounter at the store. We will use Jesus's definition of neighbor when he was asked, who is my neighbor? And he told the story of the Good Samaritan. Do you remember the story in Luke 10? A couple of men passed by a man on the road who had been beaten badly and left to die. But the Good Samaritan stopped and showed mercy to the man. The Good Samaritan took the time to stop and see his needs. He offered up his oil and wine and shared his resources like his donkey to carry him to a place where he could recover. Jesus calls us likewise to show love and mercy to anyone in our path, not just our physical neighbor next door. So when we talk about neighbors, we mean anyone in our path that we can show mercy and love. Could be where we live, where we work, play, the coffee barista even. God has blessed each of us with unique personalities, giftings, and resources, as well as capacity, and divinely put people in our path daily so that we can reflect His love toward them. I'm curious, when did God first nudge your heart to notice and care and have compassion for the people around you? Pam, I must confess and be honest that in grade school, I didn't think of others often. In fact, my mother laughs about how I took an aptitude test and servanthood was the lowest. In fact, they'd said, I've never seen a child score so low on an aptitude test for servanthood. So Jesus got a hold of my heart, thankfully. And it was so it was right out of college that I began to think, oh, 
There's other people besides me. I was a recently graduated living in H-Town, otherwise known as Houston. Me and two other girls were living, starting our new jobs. And two other guys lived on the floor below us. We were on the third floor of an apartment. They were on the second floor. And I noticed we passed each other often in the stairway going up and down. And God began to burden my heart just to pray for them, to actually not be in a hurry when I engaged with them. I noticed when I come home, hey, if I see them, don't be in a rush to get inside. Just give them a couple minutes. And I really started to get to know them. Then also fast forward the pandemic. We all know literally our next door neighbor might have been all we had around us when we were in quarantine. And I got to see my neighbors outside. uh, People started coming out of their homes, walking their dogs, playing with their kids. And slowly, as they shared the highs and lows of their life, God burdened my heart to really want to pray for them and to know them and to love and care for them. That is so powerful. It's the power of a burdened heart, stopping to see them and then stopping to engage. Most of us want to care for others, but it usually comes down to our schedules, needing to be somewhere at a certain time. We could be those two other guys that walk past the hurting and bleeding guy, not because we're uncompassionate, but because we just don't have capacity and time in our schedule. We need to see people with our Jesus glasses on, to see them through Jesus' eyes and have compassion and see, oh, this may be the one time that somebody stops and cares for them on their path. And that's what you did. That really stands out to me. I do not have any life-shattering big stories to share, but I do remember back to seventh grade. And believe it or not, I was a really shy child that didn't talk much in elementary. And I certainly didn't talk much in junior high because I was one of 10% of my elementary school that was sent to one junior high where 90% went to the other. I did not know a single soul in my classes, and I felt all alone. I walked around with that deer in the headlight all the way through class to class those first few days. And I remember being pretty nervous to talk to people. I talked internally to God often. I just had a rambling conversation of saying, get me through this, help me. I want to survive this. Let's not even get into the lunch period where I was going to sit because I certainly wasn't going to be the person to make a new friend and experience rejection. But I went to my new homeroom and God nudged my heart to befriend a girl who looked confident on the outside. And this was big for me because I was anything but confident. But God impressed upon me that she actually needed me. I had never had that thought before. As I befriended her in time, I saw the light in me pass on to become the light in her as she said yes to Jesus. You know, Jesslyn, we became friends, good friends, for many of the next six years of junior high and high school. And I just think, Lord, thank you for nudging my heart to reach out to her. It was nothing I did except for being willing to say hello and let a friendship begin. Wow, Pam. That was so brave of you and what faith it took to step out of your comfort zone and follow God's nudge. It's crazy how just a simple conversation can change everything. And that's the kind of stuff we want to talk about this season. In season one of Called to Shine, we will journey together on how to shine out God's love this fall through the big three holidays and through living real life. It will look different for each of us, depending on our capacity, gifting, and season of life. But all of us have a calling to love God and love others. We will dig into what the Bible says about our calling, what that looks like, and what it doesn't look like. And what do we know about stars? We know that stars shine brightest that are closest. Proximity is everything. Consider the sun. It's not the biggest star, but it is the closest, and it gives us light and warmth. We'll not only look about who are the people around us that God's going to put into our path about location that we can just shine out using the holidays. 
We're also going to look at how stars shine brightest when it's darkest. And so as we hit those holidays that might actually be a negative trigger of who's not with us, what has changed, not being able to be with family, or maybe not wanting to be with family. Any of us can be in a dark season. So how do we get through that? And how do we actually help the people around us get through that as well? And then we're going to look at how stars shine brightest in a cluster. And how can we take what our gifting is and pair it with somebody else's gifting to shine even brighter? And another thing that stands out is that stars shine brightest that are the most luminous, the ones that have the most power within. So for us, how do we let the spirit be the power within us and shine out and not try to add too much more to our schedule, but just take advantage of the nudgings that God puts on our path that we can use our giftings to do? Who are the people around us that we can shine brightly by just walking through life in relationship with Jesus and shining out his love? Join us on this journey as we spur each other on. Let us not grow weary in doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. Jesslyn, when we moved into our house 30 years ago, two of my friends actually bought pieces of land near us and started building their house. When they moved in, we gave each of them this two-foot magnolia tree. It was kind of fascinating because one of them grew really quickly. And the other did not. As we watched them, we kind of laughed at my second friend. What are you doing to this tree? Maybe you need to go talk to it. And she's like, I'm watering it. It's in the sun. It's everything that it's supposed to be. But it took 15 years for that tree to ever grow. It wouldn't break through the ground where the other was as tall as the house. And so what we've learned about building relationships is that our part is that we pour in and we care. We engage. We authentically share our life and we try to relate to people. But how they respond, how they flourish in our relationship is not up to us. But we want to encourage, don't give up. It might be scary, but it might be 15 years before that tree of life friendship breaks through and that you get to see what God's been doing through the relationship. And the truth is we can't control what people take from the light that we're shining them. Our part is just to guide them in the path. And trust God with the rest of the part and their part as well. I love that, Pam. God's part and our part. We're just there to sow seeds and God does the growing. And that's exactly what we want to do together with you guys this season. Journey with us on season one of the podcast. Subscribe anywhere podcasts are found. We are called to shine. Let's do this together. 